We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome everybody to another edition of the pack a day podcast it is your saturday edition i'll be your host today eli berkovitz here with janelle mackey our trio, our number three, Matt, is not going to be here this week, but me and Jen going to hold down the fort. Jen, how you doing this week? How did you enjoy last night's game? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I was just saying before we hit record that it's been a while since we have been on the show. Obviously, with those Friday night games, it makes it a little bit tough for us to record. Um, so everybody who has been listening on Saturdays, I'm sure you've been hearing some wonderful post-game shows but yeah it feels good to be back and it's been a really really busy summer I basically worked a lot and missed a lot of the training camp hype and with my busy schedule missed the first two preseason games so it was nice to just kind of sit back last night and have an opportunity to really kind of see for myself some of the hype and like I was telling you my grandma called during the game and she takes precedence over football so I did still end up missing a good chunk of the game because I was talking to her, but no, it was fun to just kind of see for myself and not just from clips and, you know, what people are saying on Twitter, just kind of get my yeah. own, my own eyes on it and kind of get to see, you know, it was fun kind of just in the few, you know, moments, obviously Jordan Love only had what, like 26 attempts, but um, it was still fun to kind of see him. And it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who, maybe don't believe in the hype of Jordan Love, but I think, you know, he, for a backup quarterback, you can tell that he's starting to kind of get comfortable and his arm is looking really good. Obviously there was the questionable interception, but again, he's a young player still kind of learning and he's not expected to be the best of the best right now, but it's kind of cool to see his development and guys like Amari Rogers development and just kind of all these guys who I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit later. Um, and then also get to see the rookies who I've kind of missed. I feel like this summer went by so fast that I really didn't get to enjoy the fun part of the off season. So all I know is that after this game, I am very much ready for week one and regular season football. And yeah, I'm pumped. It felt good to watch a little bit of preseason, but bring on the good stuff. 
yeah, uh, I think we're all ready for the regular season. But in summary, basically all I heard was that you somehow found things more important than <laughs> football. I don't even care if it's preseason, so offensive. And also, yeah, it's true. I mean, you were mentioning how, you know, it's annoying just only getting to see everything through clips. Like, people who only just, like, post a bunch of clips on Twitter, it's probably so annoying. I can't imagine accounts who are constantly just posting clips of, like, Aaron Rodgers, like, daily, all the time. Yeah, those are actually the worst kinds of people. Uh, I've actually muted and blocked basically yeah. everyone who's like that. Yeah, I can't stand that. It's like at a certain point, like enough is enough. Just stop posting the guy. It's just, it's crazy. Like Whatever. we did it. He's good. <laughs> yeah, like get over it. Whatever. Some people are just crazy. But Don't anyway. worry. I'll unblock you after the show. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, last night's game. So this year was actually, oh, wow, that was weird that I said actually, but it was actually. Um, a rare situation in which I got to watch a lot of the preseason, which I u- usually don't. And it was really exciting. And obviously Jordan Love is going to be the guy everyone's most looking at throughout the preseason. And overall, the box score might not look great, but anyone who was watching Jordan Love over the last two years to this year Everyone, I mean, it's not even a question. It's a, it's a completely different guy. It's light years ahead. And at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers also sat for three years. And obviously, at a certain point, things clicked. And I'm not saying that Jordan Love is Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying that Jordan Love necessarily is starting next year. But I, like John said, I do think he looked good. He threw the interception. There was 30 seconds left in the first half. It was essentially a Hail Mary. It was like a third and long. It was, you know... It was it wasn't a good it was not a good decision, but at the same time, it was more of just like okay, chuck it deep. It's right before half. If we get something great, if not, we're gonna go to half, and that's essentially what happened. So, a lot of his he had he had four interceptions this pre this preseason. I would really only attribute like one was just like a really bad throw, the one uh, to Amari Rogers the other week, but then the other two were off guys' hands, and then you had. That throw, that was basically a Hail Mary. But uh, one thing that I was a little bit uh, concerned like concerned about and slash surprised was the lack of pass rush. Zero sacks from, you know, the zero sacks last night mm-hmm. for the Packers. That was pretty disappointing. What did you think? This is your first chance of seeing the defense. Anyone maybe who stuck out to you, uh, you know, someone who made a play or maybe someone who was a bit underwhelming for you. What do you think of the defense? Um, just kind of thinking like, I don't know if there was like certain players per se, but there were certain moments where it was just kind of like that can't happen. Like, um, the first touchdown where it's just completely blown coverage and however many yards open he had, like, it looked like 30 yards that he was just freely running. And then they had another moment like that later in the game where just, you know, wide open plays. And it's like, I understand these aren't the starters, but also you're kind of looking for that depth. And if something were to happen, which obviously fingers crossed, knock on wood, salt over my shoulder, all that stuff, you know, that that doesn't happen. But in that case, these are the guys who you're looking at to be those who would step up and be in those positions. And it was just kind of, you know, that backfield was just a little, you know, meh for me. And of course, you know, this could just be, this is just a really small sample size for me. But yeah, it was just kind of like moments like that where it's like, you cannot have that 
big of blown coverage and allow that, especially, yeah, again, it's preseason, so it doesn't matter as much. But it's like these are guys who are – they're playing for a job, and yeah. you want to see them succeed. So it's just kind of a bummer when you see things like that happening, not not just once but twice from what I saw last night. Um, so, yeah, just kind of something that I would have liked to have seen – you know, a little bit more improved, clean it up a little bit. Um, I can't remember exactly who the guys were in those situations, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, like the Packers starting defense is going to be so ridiculously good that, you know, it, it could be kind of hard to find that depth. So that's kind of what you're you really have to keep an eye on with this is that, you know, if somebody goes down, there's going to be massive shoes to fill. So yeah. you got to be able to find the guy who's going to work hard, step up, and, you know, allow right. allow yeah. opportunity to develop and, um, if need be, be able to fill those roles. Yeah, no, that's a really good point because basically anyone, and again, like you said, fingers crossed and all that, and let's not even think about it, but in a situation where one of these depth guys are playing, almost anywhere on this defense – you are filling huge shoes. It's not like you're just going to be, oh, we lost, you know, so-and-so, and so pop him in. And It's not, you know, you're going to be replacing potentially someone who is a Pro Bowl caliber player basically across the entire defense. So these guys do need to be prepared to, at the very least, play quality le- le- level football. They don't need to be stars, but we can have, like you said, those blown coverages 75-yard touchdowns, the wide-open tight tight ends, that's unacceptable. But I will say, though, for the defensive backfield, uh, while I do agree it needs some work, and obviously the blown coverages were the biggest problems, but a couple guys I wanted to point out specifically that not just last night but throughout the entire preseason that have stuck out to me have been Shamar Jean-Charles, who I've loved since they drafted, and then Micah, Aben- Micah Abernathy, who they mm-hmm. up this year, he obviously had the terrific interception last week. And I also believe he had a pass breakup last week. And then last night he led the team in tackles with six. He just seems to find his way around the football and just plays really aggressive. So that's like that's someone who, for me, is like a dark horse name to look at to make this ro- roster who literally – Eight days ago, I would probably I probably didn't know that man existed, and now he could be on the roster after two really strong preseason games. And the same goes for I mean, Shamar Jordan Charles I think would have made it anyway, but Abernathy would definitely be a bigger surprise. So those were guys that stuck out for me defensively. But John, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, and it's a terrible elephant. Um, it's disgusting and. I can't stand talking about it anymore, but the special teams is is. I'm just going to read it off to you. I was I tweeted out this morning. Okay, th- this was this was their punt slash kickoff coverage yesterday. 35 yard punt return allowed. 16 yard punt return allowed. 17 yard kickoff return. So that's actually a pretty good job. Touchback. All right, I'll, I'll take a touchback all day. But then. 45-yard kickoff return to open the second half, 17-yard punt return, 20-yard punt return, 16-yard punt return. The worst punt return the Chiefs had last night was 16 yards. So that means – and Pat O'Donnell was booming the ball 
like his leg was made of steel, which is great. But that means the guy could catch the ball at the 10-yard line, and you're still starting to drive at the 26-yard line. Like, it's insane, and and it's not – And at a certain point, I don't care who's coaching. If it's Rich Passaccia, if it's Bill Belichick, if it's, if it's the president of the United States, like at a certain point, I think it's just the personnel. You need to go out and beat blocks, be where you're supposed to be, cover up lanes, and make tackles. Like, there's just so many missed tackles. Guys are – there's just open lanes for runners. It is maddening to watch. And we said all of last year, and it actually happened. We literally lost our whole season because of special teams. And I know it's just the preseason and these aren't our starters. But the fact that we even have to play starters on special teams is absurd. That's a whole other issue. But, Jen, watching the special teams, like, are you thinking, okay, whatever, these are just guys are gonna that are probably gonna be cut in the next few days and they're gonna be fine in the regular season? Or are you going into the season thinking, are we about to go and be the worst special teams once again? I definitely like to try and stay positive, but yeah, I just I am mentally preparing myself to be disappointed every time special teams goes out on the field. Um it really sucks, you know, going out and getting Rich Basaccia thinking like things are going to change and maybe they are changing, but we're just not seeing as many of those changes on the field. Um, you know, there's obviously been some good things. It sounds like Jack Coco as long snapper has been doing well. And yeah. obviously um, you hope that Mason Crosby is going to be good to go for the season. So it's like the small things when it comes to special teams, but yeah, I mean, defense, like your defensive side of special teams you have to be able to put like you have to help your defense when they come out on the field. And yeah, this is a stellar defense, but giving um giving the other team like a handicap like that of, you know, XYZ yards against teams who have strong offenses are gonna seriously take advantage of that and yeah. or teams I mean, that have teams really are gonna good- be two first downs away from field goal range every single time they get the ball, essentially. Right. Yeah. And That's what it's gonna be. It's gonna make it. It's gonna make it super tough. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just. It just. It seems like such a simple thing, you know. Stay in your lane. Make your tackle. I don't understand. Like somebody out there did some voodoo curse. Probably <laughs> yeah. some Vikings fan after we made fun of them so many times for their kickers always being garbage, and they have that kicker curse. And now all of a sudden the special teams curse is making its way over here and it's just not leaving. So I don't know what kind of sacrifice into a volcano we need to make to be able to clear this up because it seems like every time that the Packers are moving in the right direction to try and make special teams better, you're just not seeing it. And I think that, you know, try and take it with a grain of salt right now because it is preseason and you don't know how many of those starters are actually going to be starters. But at the same time, you see you know, are there guys out there who they planned on seeing in special teams? And I don't want us to have, you know, on our side of the ball returns. I don't want it to have to be, you know, like AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones or like guys yeah, like that. Who, Douglas is going to be playing. I mean, yeah. I don't want to say for sure, but I'm like 98% sure that I've seen that Razul Douglas plans on being playing special teams. Which it's like, this season. I, I get not- that you want to have somebody who you trust in that position but it's also absolutely terrifying to have a guy like that because we saw AJ Dillon have to go out there on special teams last year and he got hurt and that took away a huge part of our offense. So I think like I'm going to wait till week one and 
make an assumption after that because obviously things are going to look a little bit different. Like this is hopefully the secondary special teams that we're seeing out there. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, there was even one kick last night where, oh, it was, um, I already forgot his name, where he got completely, you know, blown into. But it's like, okay, but where's the block on the right side? Yeah, and we like, had if a that's Mason Crosby at 38 years old getting pile driven into the ground, like we're gonna be screwed, you know? Yeah, it's not that is not so, really good. and I obviously it's a penalty, like you can't they called it running into the kicker, but you know, it was a little bit more aggressive looking than that. But you know, yeah, it's a penalty, but you also don't want to risk your kicker getting injured. No. So yeah. still still concerns with blocking and again, like preseason. It's not going to be the normal right side of the line out there, hopefully. But it's just kind of, you know, same old, same old, which, you know, not a good kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it's frustrating. It's easy to get frustrated about it. I'm going to try not to because these three games are basically just trying to find your depth pieces. Um, those guys who are trying to get a job, maybe make some roster cuts and, you know, Camp Darlings, all that kind of stuff. And, um, hopefully once they get that 53-man roster secured, you have guys that you can trust who Bisaccio is going to be able to drive it in their heads that, you know, you got to do your job. It's There's three phases to this game. It's not just offense and defense. Special teams we've seen is a very important piece, and if you're not good at it, it can really burn you. So, yeah, I mean, take it all with a grain of salt. But after, you know, week one, maybe week two, we'll probably have a better, like, true idea of what this special teams is and if they've actually found a way to improve over the summer. Because, again, like, people who are maybe at training camp or maybe seeing a few things that, you know, we're not. But, I don't know, it's just, it's frustrating. And, obviously, fans are getting tired of it year after year with not being able to feel like you're, you can trust your special teams which is tough when you have such a reliable defense now, one of the best in the league, and then you have an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. Like You need to be good at all three phases, though, to be successful. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, we literally, we've seen it not only this year, obviously, you know, uh, there are other years where special teams have played massive parts in the Packers exiting of the playoffs. I won't go into specifics, but bottom line is, like, I do have, like, I have faith in Rich Passaccia. Obviously, he's regarded as the best special teams coach in the league. I'm not going to pretend to know every single thing about the guy. He became the Raiders head coach after John Gruden resigned, and he led them to the playoffs, and he was a great coach. And I was out there at training camp, and I saw him coaching, and I definitely love to see his energy, and he's running around, and he's yelling, and he's screaming. And he's, he's an intense dude. I met him and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to quote him because honestly it's it, the language he used was a bit, uh, was a bit crass, but I mean, the man, the man doesn't mess around. Like he is, he lives, he, his whole life seems to be special teams. The guy obviously knows what he's doing. So that's why for me, it's just at a certain point, the players need to make the yeah. plays and, and there's nothing else you can, there's nothing else you can do. Like I get that. It's not as simple as, run straight and make a tackle. Like, it's not so simple. Special teams is not so simple. There are lanes. you got to go. There are things you have to do. But at the same time, I don't think there's 10,000 different ways you can run a special team. There's there's only so many ways that you can run down the field and tackle someone on a kickoff or on a punt, and you got to get guys who are able to do it. you got to get gunners on punts who are able to beat a, a block so the punter doesn't – the punt returner – doesn't have 15 yards of free space every single time he catches the ball. And also, guys got to start making tackles. Like, I know it's hard. You're moving fast. Guys moving fast. But that's what you do. Like you said, special teams is it's the third phase of the phase of the game, and it's just as important as off, offense and defense. They just got knocked out of the playoffs because of it. You don't need any more proof than that. So I think that's enough ranting over special teams. But obviously, <laughs> obviously that – is concerning, but we'll have to wait till the regular season, see who's actually out there, and hopefully that can improve. But outside of that, Jen, any other, uh, before we wrap up at least uh, the game recap, any other, anyone else stick out to you, anyone specific that, uh, you know, excited you, disappointed you, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you got to mention Tyler Goodson. Um being like I'm yeah. sure that he's been playing really well in the first two games but being able to just kind of see him run and the way he runs yeah. it was awesome to see um you know that first touchdown the spin cycle I loved it you know he just you can tell that he has that vision and the motivation to push through and that was awesome to see it kind of I just you know it makes you question what they're going to do with this running back room you know obviously you have Aaron Jones and um AJ Dillon um, running the thing. And then you've got Kylan Hill who um, is injured right now, but then there's opportunities now for someone like Goodson to come in as RB three while Kylan Hill is recovering still from that ACL. But then also, you know, Patrick Taylor, you have him who's not, you know, playing horrendously. He, there was three opportunities where he could have had a touchdown and, you know, all three of yeah. them came back. So it's like, he's trying to persevere, but, you know, I think that, um, you know, especially Goodson, there's going to be some controversy in that running back room. And obviously there's a lot of people who are saying, you know, he's definitely going to be 
on that 53 man roster. But, you know, I think there's also some question because people also are saying that the Packers are going to try and keep eight receivers. So, you know, I think it's one of the, it's a good problem to have when you you should be making your cuts because you also want some, like, I mean, this is just me, but you always want depth at O-line because obviously we saw last year and just in previous years that it can never hurt to have too many of those guys. So it's like, what, what position group do you kind of start to get a little bit more scarce at? And obviously there's a, like a bunch of tight ends right now that are kind of just trying to fight for a spot. And yeah, I think Goodson, you know, there's a lot of people, like I just said, saying that he might've just solidified himself on this 53 man. And I mean, I don't disagree with them. I just think that, you know, when a guy comes out and performs like that, it's definitely going to create, it creates a a good kind of problem for guys like LaFleur and Goody who, you know, have to figure out what to do with this team when somebody comes in and they're, performing really well all of a sudden you have some decisions to make and it'll be really interesting and I you know for the sake of him obviously want him on this team I think he's awesome I think he could be a really good option um you just kind of wonder with Kylan Hill kind of sitting on the back burner right now what kind of decisions they're going to make about that running back room and then kind of same with the tight end group you know you got Tunyon who is looking really well in his recovery um you got Lewis and then you know there was Davis who there were a lot of people who were really hyped up on but now you know, maybe not so much. So, and there's ju- just like a handful of guys in that tight end room right now. Well, even so. Elise Mack has been making some noise in training camp. Yeah. And um, a, a couple of things though, you mentioned, a, you said there were conversations, was the t- conversations on Twitter? Or did you hear kind of like legitimate conversations? Oh no, the these team? are just things that I'm like seeing, you know, everybody putting their opinion out on Twitter. Um, I see the jokes no, of like specifically I'm saying about the eight receivers thing you said. Oh yeah. I've seen people talking about like is this the year that the Packers keep eight oh, receivers? So eight but uh, no. I mean <laughs> I, I'm sitting here wondering if they're gonna keep seven and like that is like I'm like trying to wrap my head around it. So because obviously, I mean it seems like you know, so you go through the list and it's like you've got the locks, it seems like I mean, obviously can't assume anything, but from like our you know, opinions, what we would consider locks. Obviously, you got Randall Cobb and Dobbs and Lazard and Rogers and Watkins and Watson. So that's six. So then I think the reason that there's question is because both Winfrey and Toure yeah. are kind of presenting different things. And it's like Winfrey obviously has been a camp darling the last couple of years, but never really been anything more outside of preseason and then you get a guy like Toure who is actually weird kind of looking like okay Winfrey is in his third year Toure is in his rookie year but there's only an age in you know a uh, one year age difference so I was like that's kind of interesting and you know a little bit different body type you know Toure is a little bit slimmer Winfrey is just kind of a little bit bulkier but they can provide different things so it's kind of like you have to look at you know if you're going to just keep the seven who is going to benefit you more down the road? And are you going to try and bring, you know, I, I kind of assume that they're going to keep Toure. That's just kind of the yeah, way that yeah. I would be leaning. And then Winfrey, maybe try and get him back on practice squad once again. But I mean, it seems like this is an every year thing where it's like, we're talking about where's the cutoff for the wide receivers. Um, at what point do they, you know, really let a guy go because they also, you know, they, you can only bring a guy back. I feel like so many times before, um, 
all of a sudden you just don't have the option to put them on practice squad because either somebody else is going to see them or they're going to go try and make it somewhere else. But I mean, I, I really don't see a spot for like Hyman or Fulgham or yeah. those yeah. guys. I mean, Hyman, it's like he was, you know, he was doing things, but not enough. And I think that there's, there's a lot more depth in this wide receiver room than obviously like other fan bases may see. But I think that's the, that's the part where people are starting to question. It. It's like, when it comes to the Winfrey Toure debacle, like yeah, which yeah. one do you cut or do you keep eight? Oh, I mean, so the crazy thing is, though, is that I'm sitting here thinking, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility they're both cut and they keep six just because, I mean, when I was asking Zach this on Open Book last week when he froze and disappeared forever, but... <laughs> I would say, I mean, there's never been seven receivers kept while Matt LaFleur has been the head coach. And in Matt LaFleur's offense, I mean, seven receivers, like, he's not running five wide receiver sets like Mike McCarthy did, where maybe that would be, like, I can't imagine the usage of seven receivers, but at the same time, I agree, neither one of Winfrey or Toure are guys I would be excited to cut. So it's like, I think... At the very least, I, I would keep for sure one. Uh, which one right now? It's re- it's really hard for me, and I'm go- but I actually think I would go with Winfrey just because I think there's a better chance Toure gets through waivers and we bring him back to the practice squad. I think Winfrey's shown enough. I know he hasn't played a ton, but last year he had one actual opportunity last year when Devontae didn't play versus the Cardinals, and he played. And he got six targets, caught four balls, 30 yards. Wasn't tremendous, but he played a good game. He made a couple of nice catches. And he also played later in the season and made some catches. And I just think he has a lot of experience in the offense. And I think they can get two right back in the practice squad. And then you keep Winfrey as your seven. But eight, I, I, would, I mean, that would be absolutely shocking to me if they kept both. Yeah, that, I mean, obviously... You, you don't want to see these guys get cut. Obviously, if no, you could keep not, everyone, you would. Not. But yeah. thankfully, we're not the ones who have to be in that building making these tough decisions. We yeah. just get to talk about it into a microphone from our homes and <laughs> pretend like we know what's actually going to happen. Yeah, uh, that's not – yeah. I mean, that that's not a fun day, I'm sure, for coaches and general managers having to cut, like, 30 players um, at once. Uh, or not at once, but, you know. Uh, yeah, that is not fun, but yeah, the, the, that's that's an obviously a big roster battle, and we're gonna see, I guess, over the next. I mean, right now, we today, this will be you know coming out on uh Saturday the 27th, the roster cutdown day is the 30th, so 72 hours, we got three days until it's gonna happen, and there are a lot of really interesting battles on this Packers team at wide receiver, at tight end, at safety defensive line offensive line running back i mean there's so much to watch that it's just going to be a really really exciting couple of days but which i actually i actually wanted to before you like went on your special teams ran i just kind of wanted to like touch on the safety position yeah because i mean there's just kind of gen like general curiosity about it i mean like obviously we know like uh amos and savage will be the starters, but you also kind of question, you know, Savage has been struggling a little bit in those years. Um, 
like last year, you know, he could have had a better year and there's just been chances, like moments where you're like, at what point is somebody maybe going to step over him? So kind of like you're touching on Abernathy and guys like that. um, Like this could be. No, I was just saying Sean Davis is a name at safety to keep an eye on for the 53 man roster. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of one of those – that, like, the safety position could get very, very interesting because I feel like Savage is kind of on the hot seat this year where he – like, where it's, like, it's not like Savage isn't a good player, but there could be potentially somebody who maybe works hard enough and is playing and maybe gets an opportunity and, you know – maybe takes his job from him this year if he's not if he's gonna underperform a little bit and yeah I mean, this is i mean it's obvious, i wouldn't say in the terms of like make or break like he would get caught because they already picked up his fifth year option but right absolutely no savage yeah. will be on the team that's yeah <laughs> but i'm saying but yeah no but like you were saying i mean this is year four obviously two years ago you know he finished the season on that crazy hot streak with, you know, four interceptions over the last, like, eight games, and we were expecting this great season out of him last year, and he he disappointed, let's just be real. Last year was definitely a down year for him from what we were expecting. So, yeah, this year for him, like, a bounce-back year is big because if he comes out and he's not looking good, they're going to put in, if they think they have a better option, the Packers have shown that they don't care where, where they draft someone or what they're paying someone. If they think someone's better than the than what you're showing them, they're going to play them. But I'm actually, you know, maybe I'm biased because I was just a huge Darnell Savage fan throughout mm-hmm. the whole draft process. And, like, when, when we got him, it was one of the rare times where the guy at the top of my list is the guy we actually picked. So I was ecstatic. So I still do believe in him, and I think he could have that bounce back year. Oh, and yeah, he, absolutely. And I – I'm hoping for the same thing. I'm hoping yeah, maybe maybe, maybe seeing here in Joe Barry's defense. Yeah. And maybe seeing like the talent that, you know, kind of these guys who like you don't ever want to let the guy behind you pass you. So maybe it'll kind of motivate him a little bit more if he sees these guys working hard and playing well. Um, definitely hoping. I mean, obviously, like I want Savage to get back to, you know, the Savage you just mentioned a couple years ago and I'm just kind of, he's just kind of somebody who I know that I'm going to kind of have my eyes on this season to see kind of where they're at. Maybe that's a little unfair to him. Uh, maybe my expectations are a little bit too high because, you know, he gave me a reason to put them so high. But yeah. I just think that, you know, if he, you know, the what if situation could create a very interesting conversation in that safety room, depending on who they decide to keep on this 53 as the depth in those positions. Yeah. For sure. Definitely seeing who they keep behind Amos and Savage is going to be very interesting because it's pretty wide open, especially, you know, we had Vernon Scott, who seemed like a lock, and then, of course, the injury. And so, and Innes Gaines has been hurt, so it really is a wide open uh, room at safety. So we'll see what happens there. And, uh, yeah, like, like I said before, a lot of positions on the Packers that the depth, like, I feel like this is, like, I'm going to be trying, I'm going to, you know, put out a 53-man, you know, roster prediction, and I've already started kind of looking at it this sad, and 
I don't remember it being this wide open for some of those back end spots. Like other years, it was like you felt like you already knew like 48, 49 of the guys. And then it was figuring out a few this, that this year it's, it's really, really wide open and that makes it exciting. And this just, you got to trust the coaching staff that they know more than they, than we do, because obviously they do know more than we do. So that's, that's the bottom line. And uh, Jen, just before we wrap up anything you want, anything specific either from the game or looking forward to roster cutdown day, that you would want to talk about or anything at all that you want to close out for the weekend or during the weekend. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Not really anything off the top of my head. Like I said, it was fun to just kind of finally get that that taste of football back. And obviously now I have to wait a couple weeks for games to start. And it'll be really interesting to kind of see how the roster cutdowns go, where they decide to, you know, skim some players and what positions and, you know, what positions they decide to go a little bit deep in. Um, I think there's a lot of guys who, you know, work their butts off and deserve spots and unfortunately they won't get them, but you know, it's just kind of one of those things that it's the business side and it sucks. And I hope that the guys who do get cut can either come back and, you know, find a way to get on practice squad or find success somewhere else because, you know, it, it's a tough time for a lot of those athletes. Like, I can't imagine knowing that you could potentially, like, lose your job in the next few days. So, I just, you know, it's kind of one of those um, sympathy weeks for me, I guess, where it's like I understand the business side of it, but I also think it's important to remember that these are, like, for them, like a lot of these guys are really young, uh, trying to just, you know, make their dreams come true kind of thing and get those opportunities. So it's going to be, it's one of those weeks that's like, for me, it's really, really sad. Just like thinking about all those people who, you know, and it's not just our team. Like you think about there's 32 teams and all the guys who come out of these weeks, maybe not feeling so hot. And, you know, I just, I think it's important to kind of remember those things when we're talking about them after being cut or, you know, just kind of watching the things we say about them. But yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's just, yeah, it's a, for me, this is like one of my least favorite weeks of the year. Yeah, no, I know sure. that it's, it's a bummer week. And I think yeah, we just so have to remember there are people with real feelings and stuff like that. Yeah. So many times you'll just see on Twitter where it's just, you know, the guys are, are treated as if like you're playing Madden or fantasy football and it's just like, whatever. Okay. But like, but like in reality, like this is a person who's, like you said, like they've worked their whole life to get to this place. And unfortunately, a lot of them 
are going to, you know, lose their job to, you know, to at least some extent in a couple days. And it is a tough week. So don't be that guy who goes and tweets out some like joke about people getting caught because you think it's funny because it's really not that funny um, at all. So just have that in mind. So that's a good point, Jen. But before we, before we head out, obviously everyone make sure to follow Packaday Podcast on Twitter at Packaday Podcast and uh, subscribe on YouTube and make sure to follow it on all your podcast listening uh, services, I guess you could say. Uh, and <laughs> Jen, uh, before we head out, where can everyone find you on social media and all of your work? Yeah, so the usual Twitter at Big Mac underscore four is going to be the main place that you'll be able to find any content that I'm putting out. Obviously, Saturdays every day on Pack-A-Day with Eli and um, Matt will be back with us hopefully next week. He's just busy. I think he's at a wedding this week. So um, I, that was me last week and now it's Matt this week. So our little trio will eventually be back together, hopefully. And then obviously Wednesdays an open book on Game on Wisconsin with, again, Eli and Zach. Um, we got a fun one coming up this week. We're going to live live stream our open book draft. So that'll be a lot of fun. No pressure or anything like that. If I cry on screen, please forgive me. But <laughs> the stress might get to me. Um, and then uh, Packer Report TV, once the season gets rolling around, I should be back on that with Ross and then hopefully putting out some articles. But, yeah, basically – any of my opinions or memes or any of that good stuff, all of it will be on Twitter. So that's the easiest place to go find all of that. And as the season gets rolling, I kind of, you know, it took a little hiatus over the off season, but season's going to get rolling. And so will I. Yeah. Uh, so everyone make sure to follow Jen again on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. And you can find me on Twitter at book of Eli underscore NFL um i will mostly just be posting aaron Rodgers highlights for the next like seven months so it's gonna be terrific um i will also be putting out some articles over at packreport.com so make sure to check that out and obviously like jen just said every wednesday night uh jen zach myself open book um and yeah that uh make sure to tune in this week if if you haven't watched the show and you want to get a good introduction, this is the week to do it. Live fantasy draft. I think it's going to be absolutely chaotic and really funny and just a great time. So make sure to check that out. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. And as we always do when we close out this show, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.